All right, thanks everybody for listening to us on what today is April 13th, the short thing here, Lawrence Short Ryan Silva. Uh, hope everybody's doing okay out there. Uh, staying inside, all that good stuff. Uh, still no date. We'll be back on the air on Talk Radio 1190 on Sunday nights from 7 to 8 p.m., but when we do, we'll be able to get it out there for sure. Uh, but you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, be able to uh, review us and uh, rate as well and subscribe to all your friends about that. And you can listen on the iHeartRadio app if you have that. Search their podcast and we'll be on there. So on today's show, we are going to talk uh, about uh, the HBO documentary, The Scheme. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, so we could get on that. Uh, kind of a rundown of what happened last week in sports. We uh, Ryan can give us the XFL update because they made some news. Um, and then the game we're watching this week is going to be the 2011 uh, NBA Finals Game 6. Uh, so we can touch on that. But first, Ryan, how was your, uh, how was your week? How was your Easter yesterday? Uh, good Easter yesterday, thanks. We uh, went out to, the, uh, to my parents' house. I hadn't seen them since we went under lockdown. Um, it'd been a while. Um, my mom has a autoimmune deficiency disease or whatever it is that you call it. Um, so, you know, try to kind of stay away from her and make sure that's, uh, not bringing any, bringing anything from the outside world in. Um, but yeah, we went over there for a few hours. Jamie and I had dinner, played a little Uno. Uh, I ran the ping pong table as per usual, but, uh, the rest of the week, I mean, it's just the same old, same old man, nothing new to report. Um, when we do go out for groceries, starting to see more and more people wearing masks. So I'm starting to wonder if I'm the weird one for not wearing a mask. Uh, I'm never going to be wearing the gloves because the gloves, thats you're just asking to, to catch the, the Rona because uh, people don't know how to use those properly. But other than that, man, it has been Netflix, Madden, and that's about it. Uh, I think uh, you are at fault for not wearing a mask out there. The CDC says you should wear a mask. I went to the grocery store on Saturday. I wore a mask, and I'd say about 85% of the people at Trader Joe's I was at were wearing masks. And then I looked at the people that weren't wearing a mask and was thinking, why the hell are you not wearing a mask? Like, you should not buy one. Uh, like, you could use a bandana or anything. Like, why are you not covering up your face? I think. I so, think so let me ask you, what kind of. So, did you use a, a bandana mask? Uh, no, I. My my parents in like February bought uh, some masks, um, and so I just they gave me some. So like I the surgical that. masks. Yeah, but not like the N95. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no. Because uh, if you're wearing an N95, I think you're a, a dick. Depending on the situation, like maybe that's the only one you have. But like if you went out and bought them during this crisis, you need to look yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Because um, you got to give those to the hospitals and everything. But like, I just have a normal mat, like the normal mask. Um, and yeah, every, I mean, everybody was wearing. Everybody was wearing them. See, uh, the the whole bandana thing, um, or your the make your own masks. I I'm not a buyer into. Um, talk to my buddy who is a doctor, and he said unless it's tucked around your mouth and your nose, it's really not doing anything. Sure, it might help a little bit. But by and large, it's really not helping a whole lot. It's got to be tucked around your mask, or excuse me, tucked around your nose and your mouth like a surgical mask. So all these make-yourself DIY masks, you might not really be doing all that you're taught, all that you think you are. So just a little word of the wise to people that was from a a, uh, a valuable source. 
and somebody that knows it. So like I said, if, if I'm not wearing a mask, so be it. But if you are wearing a bandana or one of those makeshift masks, guess what? You're doing probably the same thing that I am. Just you have, you look like you're about to rob a bank. I mean, they're, they're doing something, I think. And that's the thing. You're maybe it's a false sense of security, but you're, you're doing something. And the thing of wearing the mask is it's not, it's not, it's doing it for the people around you. Like, you're you're wearing it to protect yourself, but also to like protect the people around you. Right, but if it's not tucked around your nose or mouth, again, again there's still droplets yeah, that are getting out. It's still better than probably just being a wide open thing. I know what the doctor said, but I think if this the CDC says you could do this or could do that, then they're saying the bandanas are fine to cover it up. Uh, I think the CDC though they know what they're talking. I'm not doubting that you're thinking. Not not doubting what you're friend says but uh, I mean now let me propose this question to you if I'm not wearing a mask but all those other people that are wearing masks that are worried about it that are protecting themselves or protecting others I'm not wearing a mask but they are isn't that just kind of like the same thing there like it cancels each other out no because they're no because then you're you're hurting potentially Jamie because who knows what could be in the air and they're at least having something cover their face and then when they take off the mask or throw it out right after, uh, they're not hurting anybody in the household they're at. You then could catch the virus just through the air if it isn't there, and then you could bring it into your household. Hmm. Okay. All right. Fair. I mean, I'm, I'm sanitizing. I'm doing everything else. The only thing I'm not doing is wearing a mask. So it is. Know. Look, it is very weird. It was very weird for me putting the mask on in my car and then like, going and waiting in line like it was very weird it did not like i'm standing in line like this is crazy but yeah. it's what we got to do right now is just a weird like mental block to get over um but i do have a funny story at trader joe's that i that i have to uh i have to share because when i was in line on saturday probably about five o'clock five thirty there's these two kids pulled up like front spot and they get out of the car, no, no mask, and they had to be 18 years old, 17, 18, 19 years old, get out of the car, and they walk straight for the door. And I see, and they, they do not know that there is a line. Mm-hmm. So they walk right at the door. They look, the guy at the door says, like points to the line. And the line was probably... 15 people, 10, 15 people, but it looked, it was like wrapped around the building because there was a six feet social distancing thing. So it looked much longer than what it was. Uh, And they look look at the line, they go back to their car, they're standing like outside of their, like outside the door of their car, and they call someone who I assume was their parents when they said, hey, we'll go pick this up for you. Uh, And we're debating, they like called them. I couldn't hear what they were saying because they were too far away, but like they were looking at the line and looking at it and seeing how fast it was moving. Got on the phone, did this whole thing. And then after like five minutes, they got on the car and just like left. Yeah. And I was like, that is the typical, what I would expect from that age group when they would see the, the line of Trader Joe's call the parents, see what they have to pick up and then be like, Oh man, this is ridiculous. And then they're leaving. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a new thing is just having to wait for stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like you say, whether it's the grocery store, I've been to a grocery store yet that's made that's you know allowing people uh, in at a time. I went to go run by, run by Academy 
a couple weeks ago and they were only letting in a certain people. And so I saw that and I was like, I'll, you know, come back later. Um, but this weekend went to go pick up some dinner for Jamie and I at, at Chipotle and I ended up standing outside for an hour and 15 minutes waiting to get my order. Really? Yeah. Like, and, and that was even, the, I was even waiting the longest out of anybody. There was people that were there long before me that were waiting and ended up getting their food. Um, but I think that's just kind of, again, one of the, the catchy phrases right now is the new normal. Like you're just going to have to wait for shit, man. Like if you're, if you are going to go to the grocery store, going to go pick up food, going to go do whatever that's considered essential. Like there's other people that are going to be doing it and they're doing it probably in a, in a manner to where it's going to be a little bit slower. So, you know, you're going to have to wait. An hour and 15 minutes at Chipotle. Yeah. Well, see, I think a, they weren't prepared and B, they, they're doing all only online orders, only takeout. And when you order, you select what time you want it to be picked up. So what yeah. I'm thinking is like from working at a restaurant before that used to do the same thing is say I want to pick up at 745. Well, the order comes into their system at 730. So I give them about 15 minutes to get it prepared and put it up, whatever. But if you have 10 or 20 people all pit requesting to pick up at 745, yeah. Well, guess what? You just got 20 orders at 7.30 and you're probably still working on the orders from 7.15 for the 7.30 pickup and it just got backed up. And like I said, I think they were just ill-prepared. And then finally, they started get, they started cooking, started getting some things rolling. And then about 45 minutes in, um, I hear a lady, she was coming back in because they didn't put her queso in her, in her bag. And so she was pissed after waiting for forever. And the chick that was kind of running the show that was helping everybody out, she's like, I'm sorry, we're out of queso. And that was the whole reason I was waiting because, you know, pregnancy cravings, Jamie, she wanted yeah. some queso. And so I was like, yo, can I, I'm not trying to be rude. I know everyone's waiting. I know you guys are busy, but can I just go ahead and cancel my order? Cause there's, it doesn't, there wasn't an end in sight. I was like, I heard you guys are out of queso. Like, I just want to cancel my order. No worries. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just trying to, you know, go for plan B. And then she was like, actually, we just got some queso. So we're good. And so I called Jamie back. I was like, Hey, they got the queso. She's like, all right, see you when you get home. I was like, all right, so I guess I'll keep waiting. So yeah, my pickup time was 745. I got there about 735, 740. Uh, by the time I got back home, it was about 855, 9 o'clock. Oh, boy. I think I would have been, I've, man, I would have been, I would have just lied and said, hey, we'll get queso somewhere else. But you know, but at the same time too, there was not a cancel order selection on Chipotle's app or like you know nothing else. So it was like they take your money and then you just leave because there's yeah, a couple. Just... Of the, there's a few people that left and they were like calling names out, calling names out, calling names out, and those people had already bounced. And so uh, you know you're just kind of sol at that point. So I was like, well, I've I've been here at this point. I'm pot committed. Might yeah. as well just write it out. Yeah, I think I would have just said, hey, you can take my you can take my money. I don't care. This the the money's not the problem. The convenience and the time and the frustration is is weighing. The, well, uh, let, let me tell you, when 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 your wife is pregnant, no, I, no, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is craving queso. I would have tried to go somewhere else to get queso. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what I was saying. I would have, but then that could have probably been a harder. Right, that could have caused you know even longer of a wait if I went somewhere else. No doubt. Yeah, but uh, um, so yeah, but uh boy and I, I haven't waited any i didn't really do takeout this week um so yeah i haven't really waited uh waited really anywhere for that i i haven't had any horror i always call that a horror story of uh 
of uh, takeout yet. But yeah, no, Trader the Tom Thumb by my house is terrible. Yeah. It's very convenient to the Trader Joe's right across the street. But it stinks. I gotta, I gotta make. Oh yeah, the one right there at Beltline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I've just been to that drive a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, the the Kroger just like a couple lights up is much better, but it's just not a convenience thing. Um, I know yesterday. So listen to this. You'll think this is pretty crazy. So went over to my parents' house for uh, Easter. That's not the crazy part. But we got <laughs> we were talking to my sister on Zoom uh, before we had a family Zoom call, and she said her office is telling her to prepare to work from home until uh, January 2021. Wow. Yes. How about that? That's wild. I know. That got the that was the same reaction we had. That is crazy. See, I don't I don't think we will be um, that long out. I think we'll probably we're probably eke into June working from I home. I was thinking June 1st. I think around June 1st. Yeah, but that's crazy that they're just going to say, you know what, January 2021, we'll see you guys next year. Yeah, but she goes into the office every uh, every Friday to set up, like, uh, some Zoom calls or some, like, conference calls or whatever. So mm-hmm. she, she, at least on Friday, gets to go in the office, but Monday through Thursday, she's um, she's not in there. But, yeah, when she said January 2021, we were... We were, I was, I mean, my mom was, my mom works from home now anyway, so this is nothing new for her. Uh-huh. But we were just like, wow, that is amazing. Um, but I guess, look, if you've got to, you got to, uh, you got to uh, uh, prepare your employees, I guess, for whatever. Yeah. You can't just be saying, hey, June 1st, then it goes to this, and everyone starts getting antsy. So you say, hey, prepare for January 2021. And then anything better than that, you're yeah. good to go. Um, but yesterday for the, I did rewatch, uh, some of the masters, uh, yesterday. I did watch a bunch of those this weekend. It was really good. Uh, the 2019 one, they did tiger. So this, uh, this story from tiger, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but, um, so he, Jim Nance, he did some zoom thing was Jim Nance where they put in the broadcast and I was like, kind of a, he was, they were doing play by play of the round. But they asked Tiger after he almost aced it on 16 on Sunday, how many hole in ones he had in his career. And in his story, the story he told was he has made 20 hole in ones in his life. Wow. Yes, but uh, he's only made one hole in one since 2000. So he made 19 holes in ones from whenever the day he was born uh, until 2000, and then from the turn of the century on, he's made one hole in one, and it has been. It was like two years ago with his son, Freddie Couples, and like someone else. We said that's a that's amazing. So yeah. he was he was sinking aces when he was like eight years old. Yes, that's wild. He's only made three in um, uh, competition, and the last one in competition was the one at the waste management on uh-huh. the sixteenth hole. Yeah. So from. In the first 25 years of his life, he made 19 hole-in-ones. And then in the last 20 years, because he was born December 30th, 1975. So from that day, from December 30th, 1975, to the turn of the century, he made 19. He's only made one since then. That's wild. It is. That was insane. And uh, 
it was that's a crazy crazy story that uh was worth the bribe like tiger was fine he didn't give a lot he gave a lot more on the uh uh afterwards about the whole family thing which was uh interesting and his kids but um yeah so i did that uh with my dad and i watched that and it was funny my aunt kind of gave a ricochet shot to me uh she was like what are you guys gonna do the rest of the day and i she's like what are you gonna watch the masters from like 10 years ago <laughs> and and the thing was on uh, during the zoom call i was in the tv i was in the room with the tv watching it uh-huh. had it on already and i said uh jokes on you i'm already watching them to the they're replaying the 2019 masters and like tigers doing play by play and the funniest thing was my uncle wasn't in it and he got up like out of his chair and you could see him like go turn the tv on in the other room (laughs) (laughs) well that's what he's gonna do the rest of the day so that's pretty funny yeah speaking of the masters uh i wore the i wore my uh my augusta national hat that you got me when you went you know a couple years back wore that uh to the parents house yesterday so shout out to you for that Nice. I I wore my uh I wore the golf shirt I had yesterday, and then I played a little uh, uh Tiger Woods thirteen yesterday. Uh, Got to. I okay. I did, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I said I said you have to. I I well, I played Friday. I quit after the not the front nine because chipping was so hard on tournament mode. I was like, <laughs> all right, Saturday we'll give it another shot. Made it to hole twelve. I was like, I'm done with this. And then Sunday I was like. I got to play the whole round. Uh, I figured out chipping a little bit, but it's hard. It was hard. I mean, to be fair, you kind of played like a little. Yeah, the master would be around. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, you were cutting out there. No, I was going to say, to be fair, Friday and Saturday, you were kind of playing a little like 2010s Tiger, you know, a little W, a couple WDs in between rounds. (laughs) So, you know, that's like the ultimate uh, shout out to Tiger. So there you go. You didn't even know it. You're paying homage. Well, I I used Rory on uh, Friday and Saturday. Oh, that see that makes more sense. That makes more that, sense. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, but then I used Tiger on Sunday. Um, uh, yeah, so I think it's more the Rory in the game than the Tiger in uh, 2013. But uh, all right, let's get into this. Uh, as we said, we'll touch on the skill. Oh, Ryan, you got the you got your uh, quarantine take chamber, right? I do. Yeah, I got I got two of them, and they're not. All it's right. not it's not something super electric. But right. it is something that's been grinding my gears a little bit. So all right, uh, that's fine. Um, so first, the scheme uh, on HBO, two-hour documentary. I initial thoughts were I thought it was it was a very intriguing documentary. It's about the uh, court case in um, about college basketball and uh, paying players. And really, it seems like when this first came out of like, oh, like six people got indicted, eight people got indicted, a bunch of coaches got indicted. It was like a big time case of like, wow, this is going to be the end of or not the end of college basketball, but finally the underbelly is going to be like public and what all these guys do. And then the Southern District of New York just really didn't pursue it. And then they just tried to try uh, Christian Dawkins, who was this manager manager guy he was a man a young manager for all these players and he was paying he was paying players and like coaches would pay him so he could pay players kind of a middleman in this whole he's the bad guy yeah he was the theoretically bad guy bag b-a-g because like oh the bad guy um yeah yes because uh but he didn't really do like anything against the law right 
Um, he just carried the he just carried the bags. That's all he did. He just carried the bags and handed them off. So then, it takes you through his whole life story, and like how they got set up under FBI uh, undercover FBI agents, and then he gets he has a chance to he could take a deal with the FBI for like no jail time, but he goes, I didn't do anything wrong against the law, so I'm going to fight it in court, and then he loses. Um, so he's got to serve uh, what was it 16 months in jail, 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hasn't gone yet. They're appealing. Um, and they like they interviewed Dan Wetzel in the documentary. They were saying like that no one understands why the Southern District kind of went easy on it. And I think it's very clear why the Southern District went easy on it. It's because the NCAA told them, hey, we don't want you taking down the sport of college basketball. We'll do this on our own watch and let us do it. And they're like, okay, when the NCAA is not going to do anything about it, and the Southern District's like, all right, well, you can do whatever you want, and we won't, we won't intrude on you. That was my first thing. That was my general takeaway of of why there were no charges, or why why they didn't go deeper on the coaches. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I actually uh, didn't get a chance to watch watch this scheme. Um, it wasn't. I, I went to go pull it up on HBO, and it wasn't free. So I got a buddy. He's giving me his HBO call, his HBO login. Yeah, well, it wasn't free on there. No, it wasn't. You had well, you could do the free trial, and then it starts back up. Like you know, then it charges you in a week. And oh. I didn't really trust myself to remember to cancel, cancel it. So it? I, I mean, it said free streaming. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's it's no sweat. But I mean, I know enough about it, obviously, because Arizona is wrapped up um, quite a bit in it. So that's uh. You know, I, I I can comment on it. Other thing, pause. Remember last week I made the joke about PMT. They were going to watch the the epic in Miami with the Chargers yeah. and the Dolphins. Well, guess what they're watching this week? The scheme. I'm telling you, if they're not just blatantly stealing our content, <laughs> I mean, two for two. I mean, come on. We're a week ahead on them. We we got to take something up with uh, their boy Ian Carmel too, who invented drafting things that's not fantasy related. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we gotta we gotta figure out what they're doing. I mean, what can I say? I'm a look. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the Cat Cave Derby. Maybe that's where they're getting it from. Might be, might be. But uh, so yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, shout out for Dan Fouts, by the way, Epic in Miami. Oh, uh, <laughs> talk about my dad texting me after that. He goes, talk about the short thing and the short thing mush hitting strong, hitting strong. <laughs> we don't miss, ways. baby. We don't miss. Um, <laughs> that was tough. That was a tough scene. But uh, but anyways, uh, back oh, should to... we see what happened? Dan Fouts is now not the number. He got pretty much fired by CBS. He's not no longer the number two announcer. Charles Davis is the number two. It was Dan Fouts and Iron Eagle for a while, and now Dan Fouts just got canned. And they bring in Charles Davis. Um, but yeah, so yeah, sorry, sorry about that, Dan. Uh, maybe he'll go over to ESPN. They're running out of candidates for for their call, so maybe he they can. They are running out, yeah. But uh, so yeah, getting back to the scheme. Uh, this, this when this news broke, you know, the FBI was involved, all this stuff. So it, it seemed like literally college basketball was going to crumble. You know, all your big name teams. Le- le- Seemed like it was going to be uh, linked to this. Like I said, your Arizona, your Kansases, your even uh, Memphis was mentioned in it. Like literally any big team you think of, a Power Five conference, they were kind of linked. Um, but it just kind of went by the wayside. And then uh, there was supposedly tapes and sworn uh, testimonies or whatever you want to call that were given against different coaches, and they just never came to light. And I, I agree with you. I think the NCAA 
realized this and was like, we got to sweep this under the rug or college basketball as we know it is pretty much done. You know what I mean? We'd see a whole different game of college basketball, I think, if that was the case, because you'd have so many uh, punishments levied, so many suspensions, so many guys uh, ruled ineligible, things like that. You know, all these five-star recruits um, that, like I said, it would it would kind of be it, – it, it'd be done. You know, we saw – what was uh, the guy down in Louisville that uh, – Rick Pitino? No, 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 no. He was a player. Uh, he was kind of one of the only guys that – that left college basketball because of this. He went and played overseas, and he was going to come back over for the draft. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was kind of oh. one of the main marquee names. I'd have to look him up. Um, that was wrapped up in all this, but yeah, it just kind of it kind of went away. The, you know, the the whole scandal, the whole thing, it, like you said, because the courts never really uh, uh, looked into it. Well, they looked into it. They just didn't want to. Per- like in the documentary, it says, "We want you." So this guy, Christian Dawkins, had a good relationship with Rick Pitino. Yeah. And uh, he was like, we want you to, we want you to take down Pitino. Like help Brian Bowen. That was, the, that was the guy's name, Brian Bowen from Louisville. Okay. But yeah, and they were like, we want you to take down Pitino. We want, they wanted the big fish. And that was their guy was Pitino, who they wanted uh, gone. And he was like, I, he goes, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna just cooperate with you with it. If you see something that's wrong or whatever, you can do it. Like Patino has been doing this forever. Like, you don't think he cares about this, like whatever. But they were like, we want Patino, we want this. And that like the undercover FBI agent was, their plan was, he goes, we want the coaches to come down. And the guy, Christian Dawkins, who was running the thing, he goes, why are we giving money to the coaches? You're just, you're just wasting your money. So what he did was he just took the money the, F, the undercover agent gave him and just kept it. And he goes, I'm going to run the business my way. You can fund me, but I'm not giving money to the coaches or whatever, like the head coaches. Mm. So he was just like, this is so dumb. You don't, you don't pay the coaches to, um, you don't pay the coaches to, to pay the players like you pay the players and then they'll do the business that way. So like, like the FBI agent wanted the coaches and the other, the guy, the Christian Dawkins didn't, they didn't see eye to eye on how the business should run. The FBI agent almost kind of, uh, he kind of messed it up a little bit. And then he got taken off the case for, um, not good behavior when they went to Las Vegas for some, for one of their big meetups. Like they were going out, they gave he spent a bunch of money, um, and all that stuff. So he got taken off the case. But like they wanted the coaches, and the way Dawkins was running his business, like it dealt with coaches. But like, hey, I'll pay this guy, like, like I'll pay you to pay this guy, like that type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a misconfusion there. But in the documentary, they did play wiretaps of all this stuff. So you hear conversations, like you hear conversations with uh book richardson the arizona coach that got um that got popped in this scandal they do play wiretaps with christian dawkins talking and sean miller will wade the lsu coach who got suspended for the tournament last year mm. and now is back he has wiretaps too and i mean blatantly saying we made this guy a great deal I don't know, understand how this guy's not taking our deal here. And deal is not scholarship because we made him a great offer. Like it's a better offer than he'll get anywhere else. So I use those. I need you to help us out, get this guy here. 
Uh, and so they do play some wiretaps in the documentary, but they said that they tried to subpoena more wiretaps, but they haven't, the government didn't release them and no one knows really why other than that the NCAA wants them to protect them. Yeah, no, uh, I remember the whole Will Wade situation because people were like, if he's busted, if he got busted for this, why is he able to come back? You know what I mean? Because he, he was able to come back and coach LSU. It was like he was just suspended, you know, instead of being, uh, I guess, fired from LSU. Um, but, you know, it, it's definitely a, one of the more wild scenarios that's happened in sports because it, it didn't just involve college uh, basketball players and coaches but there was words that nike and adidas were getting involved too and they were kind of being funded uh like by the uh the aau teams you know kind of and that was kind of how they were funneling money through well the thing was like do you think so adidas is paying arizona whatever x amount of dollars a year you don't think when adidas says hey pay this guy that like the school works for the shoe company right they don't work for like just themselves so like Ohio, like Ohio State makes a hundred mil, hundred and fifty million dollar contract with Nike. Nike's helping them out. Like all these things is like, when they tell you to do something, you're gonna do it because they're mm-hmm. giving you one hundred fifty million. Like no matter what it is. Um, so that was that was shown like two and two people from Adidas got uh, indicted uh, as well in the case, but only one guy is gonna spend time in jail. That's gonna be this Charles Dawkins or Christian Dawkins, sorry, uh, when he goes, but he's fighting his appeal. And uh, I just want to know, I wish, I wish Sean Miller, I could ask him if spending $10,000 a month out of his pocket for DeAndre Ayton was worth getting waxed by Buffalo in the first round of the tournament. Uh, you know, if he were to do something like that, I'm sure well, he, he would do it. It says there's literally audio <laughs> of the assistant coach saying that in the documentary. You know, he hasn't been convicted of anything in the court of law. So, like I said, if he would have done that or if they would have found that he did, you know, have done that, he might say, while it wasn't worth it on the court, off the court, DeAndre Ayton become one of the became one of the best NBA 2K players at this university. So, you know, did he maybe didn't he lose to Devin Booker or whatever? Yeah, but I mean, he ended up in the finals. So that's why I said one of the best. Yeah. you know. (laughs) So. You know, tomato, tomato. Uh, yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, you hone, you hone that. But uh, it was interesting. We can talk more about it when you, uh, when you watch it. Yeah, I'll catch it this week for sure. Um, and uh, and maybe I'll just sack up and be an adult and, and just sign up for the, uh, for the trial. Just send a reminder on your phone and then just delete it. Right, and see, that's what I thought about doing too. But then I was like, the chances of it being an easy cancel are probably slim to none. It's very easy. I did it. On my phone, and it's very easy. Oh, okay. You All right. Just go to, you sign up for it. You could just do it on like Apple, whatever your Apple subscriptions. Uh huh. And you can just cancel it that way. It's very simple. Oh, okay. Uh, very, very simple. And it's thirty day free trial too. Um, so it's pretty simple. All right. So let's continue to talk about that. Um. All right. This week, I guess in sports, was kind of crazy. We had the Dana White thing. Uh. I'm ready to cancel Dana White. Really? Uh, he's a lot of talk, and he doesn't deliver. Am I wrong for saying that? You're not totally wrong, but also when there's powers that be that he works for. Like, if, if Dana White ran the UFC, like it was his company, 
they would these be fights fighting. would have, they'd be fighting. But yeah. when ESPN and Disney, um, companies that invested heavily in your company to show your fights, and when the state of California um, is coming after you and telling you, you know, not to put on these fights, I think you do got to bend the knee a little bit and and adhere to their uh, requests, and you, you do got to cancel it. So. Oh, no, I understand there's powers of beat, but there was rumors that this Fight Island thing was like an Indian ranch in California. That's not an island or a Native American ranch in, uh, in California. That's not – I was – we were promised Fight Island. That's not an island. Yeah, no, I agree there. I agree there. I want an actual island, uh, something that looks a little like uh, Firefest Island, you know, where there's just a giant octagon in the middle yes. of it and people are just fighting. That I agree. Um, he said that Fight Island is still happening. Uh, they're building infrastructure yeah they're building infrastructure infrastructure so you know it's uh i'm not i won't if if nothing comes of this fight island talk then maybe i'll be on your side but until then i'm gonna give dana a little bit more time to kind of put stuff together and see if he can actually make this happen all right all right um it's just he was getting people pumped up for some fights this weekend yeah no no doubt no doubt i agree some live sports and and it's not happening um, but all right. Uh, then I mean, Mike Gundy, he should be, he's, I'm tossing him in the shut up bin. Uh, I think all, I think all college football coaches need to fall into that bin unless you're doing the coach O and putting out PSAs and stuff like that, because anything that a college football coach is going to say right now, he's probably going to stick his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Look at coach O doing PSAs for social distancing. And then let's take a look at Dabo, who said, I'm this going Easter weekend to my house in Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tale of two is, is it's the setting of the example. And it all, it goes back to Deacon Zach too. Like they're in the same boat. Just set an example. Don't throw yeah. a party. Or if you do throw a party, don't take everybody's phones away and don't put it on social media. So people don't think you're a bunch of morons. Yeah. And look like you're not taking this seriously when you really aren't taking seriously because you're still working out. So you've been you've been you've been clear from the get go that you are not taking the precautions that the governor has put in. And you're like, ah, those don't apply to me. And you would think, hey, I'm the quarterback of the Cowboys. I could make I could tell people, hey, do this. I could I have a real voice here. And you're just throwing it away like Mike Gundy saying like, oh, the Oklahoma economy is 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 needs to be stimulated yeah, yeah stimulated by oklahoma state and oklahoma football it helps but give me a break well he's you're, probably saying, saying because coach, the football players have a little extra money in their pockets so they're able to yeah. go out and spend it that's probably what he's saying well yeah and you're saying that you're doing this for people that are playing for free right not even getting paid um uh, but yeah i had gundy written down this week that guy he the mullet has worn off on him uh, the lust of that for me. And then, yeah, Deacon, what are your thoughts on Deacon Zach? Or, yeah, Zeke and Zach. Yeah, no, that was that was ridiculous. Uh, you know, I was obviously busting Jamie's balls about that when I saw that story come across that, uh, you know, that's not a guy that I'm going to be paying $100 million to, a guy like Dak that's going to be making decisions like that. <laughs> that's just poor decision-making right there. That just goes to show you what kind of team, what kind of quote-unquote leaders these guys are, uh, lack thereof. But uh, no, in all seriousness, yeah, that, that's just that's just stupid. Um, her, <laughs> Jamie's, you know, she, she's a ride or die for the Cowboys. Her excuse was, 
well, maybe they live in Frisco and not Dallas. And so Frisco is not as bad as Dallas County. So, you know, it's, it's maybe that's a little, uh, you know, more safe. Obviously, she was saying that tongue in cheek. But uh, there's just no excuse for, for that, throwing a party with 30 people. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know where they're going after. Uh, you know, I'm sure there uh, were fluids being transferred at a party like this. I'll say it that way. Or, or water droplets being transferred. How about that? That's a little more family friendly. Um, to where you're putting everybody at risk. And again, 30 people, you go out and they go off onto their life. Who knows where they're at? Who knows where they're at before? But now you've just possibly infected like 10,000 people. Yeah. And so he lives in Prosper. Um, okay. And the, the, the Prosper police got called to the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I read this. This was the Star-Telegram had this out. The Prosper police spokesperson said the officer went to the house, did the old look in, said, oh, looks like everything is fine. Social distancing doesn't look like there's more than 10 people in there. You're good to go. (laughs) AKA means I saw there were 30 people in there. It's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I am not. I am not. I'm wiping my hands clean of this situation. I am. I'm not touching this. I'm not dealing with this. I mean, you got to grab an autograph at least, right? Like, hey, Dak, I was sent <laughs> over here. I'm not going to break up the party. looks like you guys are having a great time. You all are adults. But, hey, I got a son. He loves you. Why don't you sign this football for me? I mean, if you're a cop, you got you to at least do that. Yes. Um, and then Dak's agent threw, as an anonymous source said, oh, he wasn't violating any of the rules he was doing. They were practicing good social distancing, and they didn't have anything like that. This, this is a ridiculous story. He did everything right. Okay. Give me a break, buddy. Uh, you're just protecting your guy because you know you're in the wrong. Honestly, it would be better for Dak just to come on and say, hey, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I'll I'll, pre- I'll, I'll, be better next time or something. I'll be like better that. next time. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, there really no, there's no excuse on April 13th when these orders have been in for almost a month to be doing this. But you could say, hey, better luck next time. Um, yeah. All right. So what do you have in the, uh, do you want to do the XFL update first? Then you could give us your, what's grinding your gears. Sure. Yeah. So the XFL RIP looks like it went the way of the AAF. Uh, they fired off their, they fired all of their employees, laid them all off without any plans to return for 2021. Uh, you know, it's heartbreaking. We were, we were full steam ahead. Viewership was down a little bit. Yeah, I'll agree. Viewership was down every week. But, I mean, it was still decent football. It was better football than the AAF, that's for sure. Um, we saw a couple stars starting to emerge um, with uh, P.J. Walker, Texas Ranger, who's now P.J. Walker, North Carolina Ranger, uh, out, in, out with the Panthers. Um, Jordan Tiamu from uh, the St. Louis Battle Hawks. You know, there were some guys that were, that were starting to shine, but because of the pandemic, they had to shut down early. They weren't able to, to uh, you know, recoup some of the investment that they lost by whether it was ticket sales, merchandise, all that good stuff. So the XFL, like I said, uh, goes by way of the AAF and is no more. So we'll see if we'll see any other spring leagues uh, turn up between now and whenever things get back to normal. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, the XFL no more. I I don't like the AAF comparison, though, because they didn't fail because of um, – they didn't fail because of, uh, like, anything on their own part. They got hit by a global. They failed because the global pandemic came out. Oh yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. no, it's it's not that right, right. The the AAF was just poorly ran from the beginning, um, but and didn't have a funder. 
And I'm right. also curious as to why Vince said he's got funding for the first three years right. and at least the first two years, why he just pulled the plug on it now. And I get ticket sales. They had to refund that. But like you had a decent TV deal. You said you were fine to go fully funded for that. So why are you just pulling the plug and saying we're not going to be around for 2021? I did that. I guess I haven't seen anybody say why he just decided to pull the plug. Well, maybe see that I was I thought the same thing because, you know, it seemed like, OK, we're getting the XFL for three years no matter what. But I'm assuming that that was all contingent on that. There was still some revenue coming in. You know what I mean? When you're not just bleeding money and paying the athletes, paying the staff, paying all the employees. You know, there's still some kind of whether it was, you know, anything other than zero was coming back into uh, Vince McMahon. But obviously that wasn't the case once they had to start refunding everything. Because um, at first they said that they were going to, like, move your tickets to other games. But then once they realized that that wasn't going to happen anytime soon, they were going to have to start refunding. Well, like I said, there was literally nothing coming in. You're just bleeding money at that point. You know, three years of financing probably will uh, will dry up pretty quickly. Yeah, but the thing is he sold his stock, his WWE stock, to get the financing. Yes, yeah, like 200 million shares or something like that. Yeah, so like just the tickets, him refunding the ticket sales, I find it hard to believe that the only reason like, oh, we had to refund these ticket sales were were cooked. Well, maybe maybe the, you know, ESPN and Fox and whoever else had yeah, the, well, the TV the deals. Yeah, well, the money and stuff like that, that they, I, I understand that, but I still am confused as, I guess if it was, if, if everything was run perfectly, then they had, he had three years of funding and then they were hoping to get a nice TV deal going into year four after year three to right. keep it going. Um, that was the plan. So I guess, I guess that way then he couldn't, they couldn't continue. Right. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure that they, they were always planning on just something coming back to them. And once that just stopped, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to keep a business whether it's a multi-million dollar, billion dollar, or, you know, a little mom and pop shop. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, it's just, it's, uh, to me, I was surprised by it, but. Yeah, I was too. I was definitely shocked. It uh, stinks for the people that work for them. Seems like they had a lot of good people or it was a, it was a shot. People took a risk to, to work for the XFL. So now they're out of a, they're out of a gig. Um, all right. So what is, uh, what's in, what's your, or uh, what's in the quarantine take chamber? All right, so I got two different ones um, that uh, that I that I've been working on. Okay, the first one, a little more, a little more fun. So we saw two teams release uniforms recently: Buccaneers and the Falcons. Buccaneers, not bad. They're all right. Fans were clamoring for the for the uh, the creamsicles. They want to see the creamsicles come back. Uh, the Falcons ones are just absolutely terrible. Falcons look like a bad arena team. Um, they are very plain. Like they try to go, I would say the word I would try to use is like modern or futuristic. And they always just come out looking lame. You know, they look for, they go for bold lines. They go for like these block lettering fonts that aren't like your traditional sports. What I guess what you would call like varsity blocking is what they usually call it. I believe and my take quake is or take chamber is these marketing companies that are putting together these concepts for uniforms just have no idea what they're doing. Zero idea. They have zero touch for the fan base. They have zero touch for what people want, what people like, what looks good on the field. 
I don't know what they get paid for or how some of these, most of these ideas, I would say most of these ideas come across. But when was the last time that uh, Uniform got released and everyone was like, damn, that looks friggin' badass. That looks sharp as hell. I honestly can't remember the last time that a new Uniform for any team across any major sport came out and everybody was like, those are pretty sharp. Well, everyone liked the Bucks. The Bucks ones weren't bad. That's why I said. But when, when they're all universally uh, accepted, because what was the there was the complaint about the 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 Buccaneers? They didn't bring the cream schools. They look like the old two thousands uniforms when they went to the Super Bowl. Like there wasn't anything really a whole brand new, other than they they have the the new all pewter look, uh, you know things like that. But if I feel like I know if ownership. If they're these marketing companies, if these advisory boards, whatever, if you work what for about the team, Nike, Nike especially, and I, I think Nike's probably one of the, probably the top uh, person to blame. You know, they, but, yeah, they make the jerseys. Right. And they're the ones that put together these concepts and, and put together these ideas. Cause that's what's baffling to me is the uniforms that we see that get released, there was a laundry list of other uniforms and concepts that got uh, thrown out. You know what I mean? It's like, how did you arrive to this one and it's still this bad? I think the last universally liked jersey was the uh, Heat Miami Vice jersey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and see, and I I kind of, uh, I'll put that in its own category because it's like, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an added jersey or an added uniform onto what the Heat already have. Um, but when I'm talking, I'm talking more so like complete overhauls or, or total uniform rollouts which the browns are about to do here in the next week or two right it's uh, wednesday wednesday so um uh, and they've been teasing that i feel like for like a year or two uh like two years yeah so uh what's what are your hopes for that or what are your do, do you have expectations see i don't know about you but like i i've been following this one guy uh he he writes for this blog called uni watch and yeah. he used to write he used to write for sports illustrated way back in the day so i've been kind of following him like uniforms and things like that little tinkers and changes I don't know why it just really fascinates me. So I've been following it for probably like 12 years now, 12, 15 years now that I've been reading this guy's blog. And so I don't know, maybe that's why I have such strong feelings towards it. But uh, does did, did something like that even pique your interest or, you know, even fascinate you at all? The uniform? Oh, yeah. No, the uniforms uh, pique my interest. Uh-huh. Um, but like for, for any team, not just the Browns, like any teams. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. I'm interested in what they do. Uh, like whenever the leaked, the NBA city jerseys or whatever, they're all leaked. Yeah. I always check those out and I like those. The thing about the Browns, I mean, the Browns are going to go back to what they were before. Uh, these these jerseys. It's going to be the same, the things they did in the, it's going to be a, look, the Browns jerseys have been. It's not. It's very easy to do. You just look at what they. The Browns have had the same jerseys pretty much from their inception. A little change from the fifties. They wore long sleeve jerseys then. Right. But it was like all white with a couple thing around the sleeves, and then in the eighties they added it on the shoulder patch, and then stripes on the side, and then this this go around they tried to change up. Like they went orange numbers on brown jerseys, and it had Cleveland down the side of the pants, which looked good at the time. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, but it looked terrible on the field. And they they changed up kind of the sleeves or whatever. And then the jerseys were so bad that Browns petitioned the NFL to let them wear the color rush jerseys as their primary jerseys this year. Mm-hmm. But no, I think they're going to go back to what they were, and well, uh, they're going to look like the jerseys they wore before they changed them this time. Um, 
And people in Cleveland are very excited about the jersey release. I just, I think it's because there's like, absolutely, there's like no Indians, there's no baseball, there's there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah. For the jerseys, at least in Cleveland, so they're just like really looking forward to it. And like the drafts, everyone knows they're probably going to take a tackle at 10 or whatever. But um, I'm not like, they're like, oh, like, I mean, every day it's like, People coming up with concepts of this and that. Here's a here. Here's a there. Listen, I'm just like I don't. Get, let me know when they come out on Wednesday. Yeah, and I'll watch, and I'll see what they are, and I assume they'll be what they were prior to this rendition of the Browns jerseys, and then I'll be fine. So, I mean, I just don't want them to be like bad. Like I thought these were bad. Mm-hmm. So anything really off of this, I'm fine with. But I uh, the Falcons jerseys. I the throwback one was kind of good. I liked it. The throwback one is the only one. The other ones, I just, I just, I don't, don't care hate. for. I don't, I don't hate the other ones. I was indifferent on it. The one, look, the, the problem is team. They took a risk with like the faded part when it went to yeah. black and to red, right? That's what it went black and to red. Mm-hmm. They took a risk on it, and I don't mind them taking a risk. Um. Did it pay off? Eh, not really, but you know what? They wear it a couple times. Maybe it grows on you. If they win a Super Bowl in those jerseys, people will love it. Like the Cavs, when they won the the, the black jerseys with the sleeves on it, everybody hated it. Yeah. They won a title one, and so everybody loves those jerseys. So I think it also depends. It's like for um, good teams don't change jerseys. Bad right. teams change jerseys. No, I so mean, just, that, that's a great point. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like you said, if you, if you win a championship in it, you know, it, it becomes something iconic, uh, you know, especially like like the Cavs, who is their first their first uh, championship. So it, it becomes part of that whole team, that whole, you know, era, I guess. But my but and you're right. Good teams don't change uniforms. Bad teams do. I mean, look at the, you know, you go down the line for anybody that's won a championship recently. Uh, you know, I think you can kind of take the NBA out of it because they come out with new uniforms almost every year. You know, obviously they have the, the City Edition and what is it, the uh, Legends Edition or whatever it's called, which They're is kind of like a special playoff edition jerseys or something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that that that's totally correct. But I'm just I, what I was trying to get to about this whole thing is like I feel like if 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 front offices whoever makes these decisions nike collaborated with the front office of each team if they left it up to the fans they would have a much bigger and better reception because they would the fans know what they want the fans know what they like you know within reason within reason you know you you know you could come up with some stupid stuff but the true blue tried and true fans will come up with something that everybody will like or a majority of people will like and they feel like hey i have a part in in seeing what uh yeah you know what's on the field and what i'm paying for to see you know or if i'm buying this jersey i had a hand in creating this jersey or picking this jersey out you know whether they leave it to like a social media vote or whatever it may be you know it adds a little something for the fans yeah uh the browns just put out on twitter that the jerseys will be released wednesday at 11 a.m or noon eastern 11 a.m our time so so yeah no the fans I think the fans always say, "Hey, I want to take a risk," and then it's like, "Oh, they're the first. They're the first one to say we want a risk." But if it's not the risk that I want, then it's I'll stupid. Poo it. Yeah. Um, but okay, what's your other one before we get into this? My other one is also somebody that has no idea what they're doing, 
And you know what? I kind of respect it. So the NBA, you know, what 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 is what's their uh, kind of next step have bit has that they've talked about for continuing the season. They they they've put something out, right? Whether it's in condensed season, whether it's you know whatever it may be, like they they seem like they might have a contingency plan on if sports are allowed back, correct? They're they're brainstorming ideas, right? Um, obviously, the NFL they're not going to be playing anytime soon, but they're still going forward with the draft. They're going to do this virtual draft. Things like that, right? So they kind of have a plan of, of what they're going to do here in the next few months. Would you agree? Yes. Oh, well, they're just a draft. They're just going ahead. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and then MLB, they've talked about splitting teams up in spring training, whatever, you know, their spring training facilities, things like that. They have a contingency plan for games, right? I don't know if they have a contingency plan. All these are just ideas right now. Ideas. Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. They have ideas. They're coming what are up the with NH- ideas, yes. What, what what would have been the NHL's ideas you've heard? Uh, North Dakota. They're just gonna all play North Dakota. They're gonna go to one site. That's the only one I saw last week, but I don't know if that's gonna. That's just an idea out there. Gary Bettman has no idea what he's doing. Gary Bettman, which I gotta say, I might respect is he's taking a back seat because they're the last ones to cancel too. The NHL was. He's just kind of taking a back seat and is like, you know what? I'll let these other guys figure it out, and then maybe I'll go from there. Was it your thing is you haven't heard of what they're going to say? My thing is I haven't heard a single word from the NHL and their front office. Like I said, they're kind of like the guy. They're the, they're the guy that doesn't do anything in the group project but still gets an A. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of what my, my take is here. Yeah, the only thing I've seen is that they were talking about playing in like a centralized location. Um, but then that could bring broadcast. Like how many people have to be there to put the broadcasts on? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like talking about North Dakota because they have a bunch of rinks, like smaller rinks, obviously with no fans, um, so they could do that. But like, there's a, hey, a lot of people forget like, you can't just play a game there and like just turn on a camera, right? Like, there's people that have to set that up. There's people that have to work the camera. There's one graphics. of the ideas is they just have like a sky cam, and the person controls it from a central location, and there's like one camera. And you just have to deal with it mm-hmm. um, going on around that. But I mean, look, I, I don't think like even the baseball, like to Arizona that I don't feel in Florida, I don't even feel like that's a feasible solution. Really? I do. I feel like that is Joe. You're going to play games in Arizona in June when it's 110. They do anyway. They have a dome. I mean, you're, you're, it's going to be, it's going to be hot. Yeah. It's going to be hot. I mean, I shoot. We would play when I was growing up. We played baseball from January to December. You know, nonstop. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot. But I mean, stay hydrated and, and go get them. It's a little different. These are professionals, and you're younger. Exactly. See, I think you're exactly right. So it's like these are professionals. So it should be easier for them. They have Not more. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They have more uh, nutrition. They have more hydration, but I mean, you know, they can take IVs in between innings. You know, they have, they have more access to things that keep their bodies going. Now I will say, I will say that they do need their bodies to be running at a higher performance rate. So that I, you know, if we, we can agree on that, but also if they expand rosters to 40 guys or whatever it may be, you can get some new bodies in there and you know, the, the nutrition plans, you know, workout plans, whatever it may be. I think their bodies would be fine for, for this. When they're playing double headers and then like, so the expanded rosters are great. So you're willing to stay for the Yankees, but never Florida's still hot 
and humid, and it and rains humid. every day at three o'clock. So you're yeah. willing to say with the forty man rosters, or for whoever's in Arizona, the Dodgers, uh, whoever else is out there, your stud player can't play every game. He plays 155 games. Now the season's 120. So you're hoping he plays 110, 110 misses 10 games. You're telling me he can't play. You do, you do two double headers a week. So he's probably not going to play both games with a double header. You got to play him in the afternoon. You're going to play some in the afternoon or whenever. You can't play them all at night. It's still hot then. Whenever you start, but like, I mean, these guys are going to get worn down. And the expanded rosters is then that brings in the competitive balance issue of like, oh, this guy, we want him to play, and we're we're it, the integrity of the season you could say is going going away because this guy would normally play ninety five percent of the games, and he's only going to play sixty percent of the games because of the weather situation we're in. The integrity of the season went away when they canceled games. I mean, yeah, the integrity of the season it has long been gone. So if you're just trying to get games in and you're trying to put a product on the field and be able to crown a champion, you can't, I, you know, as much as it pains me to say, you can't like rely or, or call back on the integrity of the game. Cause it's gone. It's, it's out. Like you, you have to make changes here to, to be able to, to play these games. So yeah, you know what, if, if Aaron judge, you know, he's healthy and he can't play 120 games, but he can play 80 or 90. Give me him for that 80 or 90. If Cody Bellinger can only play, you know, 90 or 100 games, give him, give, you know, give me to, give him to me for 90 or 100 games. Like it's, it's going to suck. But the competitive balance is everyone's going to be facing that. And now the teams that have done their homework or have done a better job of, of either uh, bringing guys up from the minors or have done a better job drafting or signing free agents or whatever. Guess what? This, I think. I think if they did this to where they put you, you know, some teams in, in Arizona, some teams in Florida, you know, wherever you play spring training, you want to find out who the best team in baseball is. I think this is how you would do it. Like this would be the non-arguable best team in baseball, whoever won the World Series this year, whether it's a whether it's a a, a, a shortened season or not. You want to see who's the best baseball team, top to bottom? This is the way you're going to find out. But you're not even playing half the team. You're not even playing like I mean, interleague is so you only play a division. But you're not even playing just based on a whole league. I and you think the players are going to want to be away from their families for four and a half months? Probably not. That's the biggest thing. There's no way. But There's I mean, no way that this is going to happen. And again, he's bringing up an idea, but this is this is a this thing is to me is this is a crazy idea. I think it's the best idea we've heard. You think it's the best idea we've heard? Yeah, I do. I love it. I love this idea. I might be one of the only people, but I think it's a great idea. I'm shocked. I think this is. Uh, I'm not willing to say terrible idea, but the logistics of the idea I think are are lacking i think and i, now, I, I see think the, the, the one part the one part that i get hung up on the one part that i do get hung up on is if someone happens to test positive or whatever that they'll have you know infrastructure in place to get him quarantined get him taken care of whatever it may be you know they'll allow for expanded rosters so if a bunch of people you know come down with it now see that's that's the one part i get hung up on is is you know there's still a huge liability when it comes to to uh to the virus infecting other guys but if you're just looking at it strictly as getting on the field and putting a product on the field, I don't think this is a terrible idea. 
I, I don't think this is a very good idea. I, I disagree with you. I don't, I don't think this is, I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's a feasible, I don't think, okay, it's a feasible idea, but I don't think it's, I'd rather them not play games and do this trade. Would you rather them build a diamond on Fight Island and just play it out out there? Sure. <laughs> 24, hour, 24 hour stream get games playing all the time build two diamonds it's you start it you're just games going all the time you play in the middle of the night you play whenever you just, yeah so so guys are be getting up at 2 a.m you want to talk about professional athletes getting up at 2 a.m to play a three-hour game uh up till 5 a.m and then maybe go to bed and do it 18 hours later they're a creature of habit all the professional athletes say give us that give us a routine and we'll be we'll 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 be a creature of habit. If well, guess what? Your new guess what? Your new routine. Your new routine is you're living in Arizona for the next six months, where it's going to be 120 degrees, and you're playing a baseball game on a Wednesday afternoon. That's your new routine. I don't get think ready for it. For that. But it's it's, it's it's routine. It's a routine. But they're not going to be wanting to play in 120 with the heat index in the 120s. They're not going to want to play. But they will play at 2 a.m. on Fight Island. If it's 70 degrees, sure. <laughs> Take me to a place where it's 70 degrees uh, in, in June or July. San Diego. You're, all day. Okay, yeah, San Diego is, is one of them. You're right. <laughs> I just don't think that the players are going to want to go to these specific areas. And there's a lot of factors that have to go, again, that go into it. Um I, you know, I, I, I trashed the NBA cruise idea or the Vegas idea. I think that's a better idea than this, just because you have to you play in a controlled environment. I mean, it could be controlled. I mean, yeah, you're going to build a bunch of roofs. The other idea I think they should say is, hey, we're going to play games in all the places that have uh, dome stadiums. There's a game that starts in the afternoon. There's like four teams in the dome stadiums, Toronto, Toronto, Milwaukee. You got Texas, Houston, Seattle, uh, Tampa, Miami. That's eight. Um, Chase Field. Yeah, Arizona. That's nine. Um, That's it. No, Minnesota Tyler does not have. My roommate yelling Minnesota, they play outside at Target Field. Yeah, they play outside at Target Field. Nice try. Like 10 years late on that. (laughs) (laughs) He's just whispering Minnesota. Huh? No. I mean, is Uh, the Metro Dome still open? Built a dome, not the baseball team. No, we're talking baseball. Um, He's just whispering Minnesota over here. (laughs) How long am I going to have to go and say no, not not for baseball? Hey, maybe if the Metro Dome is still up, I mean, I guess we could use it. Oh, I think they tore it down. Okay. Um, so there's what not those nine stadiums? Yeah. You could do some like four team pod thing, and you some of them are close and do that. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just saying you got you look at places where you play in a dome, so you can c- control the environment. That's something out there. But see, okay, yeah. See, it's a dome, but it's not like a biodome. No. Yeah, I know, but it's just a. Uh, it's a controlled thing, so you know you're always going to be playing there every day. Like you, you know, games will be going on. Like you don't have to worry about Florida when it rains in the afternoon or at night, and you have to have a rain out or something. That I see. Just... Okay, I see what you mean. So no matter what, games will go on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
Um, all but right. then, so then, but so then, are you still playing the same four teams every time? Because now, if you're traveling, I mean, unless you're you're flying private charter everywhere, which you know most of these teams do already. But still, that's another factor you got to you know you got something else you no, another that, variable you got to factor into. It is it is a factor, and we definitely you've they'll have to travel because you can't play the same you can't play the same team. You say like, hey, what? So it would be like a division. They would be like, hey, this is going to be a division this year. Uh, and like that type of deal. And then you would travel, two teams would travel to another spot. Those two teams would travel there. And you'd be like, you'd kind of have like two teams paired up with each other. Where'd you go to like the other teams to play? But then again, the players aren't going to want to move. It's a to- it's a huge advantage for the nine teams to get to live at home right. for the whole year or so. Um, That could be like, that's just another idea, not a great one. But, uh, yeah, boy, we got caught up on that. But yeah, I don't. the 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 idea for the Arizona and Florida that didn't. Again, I want to say I appreciate all these brainstorming ideas being thrown out there, but some of them I don't think are feasible. The one before we get to the uh, Mavs game, people just what, what? Who did Adam Schefter cite saying that he thought college football was coming back? I don't know. Because he, he tweeted an article or something that, like, oh, they're expecting college football to start. Ooh, the doctors are saying we don't know when this is going to happen. Yeah. And the true test of college football, as I said last week, the true test is if they play games with students not back on campus, then they should start giving checks to the players. Your whole thing, whatever you've been preaching is a whole fraud. That is the true test. Will administration... Will the administration say, okay, we'll allow players to come back, have a ton of egg on our face, everybody doing victory laps, and we will have the pay the players movement louder than ever if they come back to play right now with students still, other students not on campus. That is the big test that they will have to answer for if college football comes back and schools are not in session come uh, the fall term. Okay. I mean, that's quite the take quick there. I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that move. Or that idea. No, but it's just it's just a do you agree with it or not? Yeah, no, I I think I do. I think I do agree with that. Because there's no way you can be preaching amateurism, student athlete, student first, then athlete, and say, well, the only people allowed on campus are the football players. Not yeah. we're not even allowing the soccer team. We're not even oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about this last week. Yeah. As we said, we're just allowing football players. That is the biggest and I know, like, they need to play football to keep the athletic departments on a bunch of mid-majors running. Like, I'm well aware of that. And if, this, if they don't play football, a lot of schools' athletic departments are going to be cut in half. Uh-huh. And it's going to be very sad. But, I mean, there's a reckoning coming with that pretty soon, I think. Oh, for sure, 100%. Uh, you know, you, you were roasting Shefty last week because he was shocked I- that the NCAA wasn't in that pro – uh, pro professional sports meeting or whatever, but like you said, I, I mean everything that they're preaching, it's gonna it's gonna have to rear its ugly head here pretty soon if if they only allow football to come back. I would like to say this is not a roast on Schefter. I was just wondering. Everybody took his tweet like it was the gospel on this time, and he was just saying from sources and in an article or whatever. I was just wondering who, like none of these people cited were health officials, and I feel like they're like the voice. The people they're the only voice people are realistically listening to when it comes to this. So 
I'm not going to listen to like a football coach saying, yeah, we're coming back or a health official. It's pretty easy who I'm going to get my info from. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Fossey. <laughs> yes, Fauci. The man, the myth. He's fantastic. Um, and also, before we move to the rewatch, uh, Roger Goodell, the NFL draft. We'll get into draft next week. We'll might have Dalton on next week. I'll text him, see if he wants to come on. Because uh, the draft is next Thursday. Uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but Goodell, a lot of people also said this. But Goodell should have his family boo in his basement. Yeah, I did see that. That's funny. The guy's like, everyone hates him. You're going to tell me he's, his wife isn't booing him in the basement. Self-deprecation at its finest right there. Get the people on your side. So we'll have to wait and see on that. All right, so the game where we're going to rewatch. Or we rewatched this week. We're doing one, one an episode. was the 2011 NBA Finals Game 6. This is the game where the Mavericks won the title. And they won this one in pretty convincing fashion, I would say. The only the only part of the game, rewatching it, obviously knowing the outcome, where things looked a little off the rails, was in the second quarter. They were up, I have written down, 42 to 28 with 9.27 left to go in that first half. Yep. And then uh, Mario Chalmers hit a three with uh, six... 25 left in the second in the second or in the second quarter excuse me first half and the heat were leading 12 or were leading 42 to 40 so they went on a 14-0 run that was pretty much the only part of the game where the Mavs weren't really in control Deshaun Stevenson was lighting it up in the first half at huge three huge threes uh end of the first quarter early on in the second um yeah this game was uh, kind of like I remembered. I did not remember LeBron getting off to such a good start. He was after his terrible game four and game five. He was still a he was a minus twenty four in that game, and he started out four for four from the field, two couple of early threes. But uh, yeah, it was pretty convincing. The Mavs really had the game in control the whole time. They really did. Yeah, that was one of the first things that I noted too. Was uh, you know everyone talks about how LeBron quote unquote disappeared during that series. Um, but I mean, the first basket of the game was a LeBron three and that was before LeBron could really shoot the three the, the way he can now. That was kind of when he was coming along, uh, adding the three to his game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Tyson Chandler, that's kind of, he was kind of the player that I remembered, you know, being a, a good dominant force, a rim protector. Um, JJ Barea would, you know, drive lane, just, uh, throw up a, a, a noob to him and eat slime at home. Um, but it's, it was wild to me. You know, you, you, I always remember, how that team, you know, they had Dirk, um, they had Jason Kidd. Sean Marion was was towards the end of his career there um, as well, which Sean Marion's always been one of my favorite players. But, you know, they, they didn't have obviously any stars and how they literally just won by uh, committee. You know, it was just like a good team win, and that's how you remember it. But it's just it was just wild to me how they stacked up to the Heat and won, I think they won the last three games of the series to, to take it after they, they lost the first they lost the first one, won the second one, then they, yeah, they won four, five, and six to just, I mean, I don't want to use the word annihilate or blow out, but, I mean, they, they just kind of picked apart this, this Heat team, and I feel like a lot of that has to go to, to Carlisle. Yeah, it does. Well, game four was, or game five was, uh, or game four was 86-83. That was a close one. Um, yeah, no, Carlisle gets a lot of credit. I also was looking at like the heat roster outside of LeBron 
Wade and Bosch. You had Mario Chalmers, okay. Udonis Haslam was a nice role player. But they didn't really have, like, another... And I know you've you got LeBron and Wade and Bosch. But, like, role player-wise, they didn't really have anything. Jamal McGlore was the starting center, and he played eight minutes in game six and didn't score. Like, they, they didn't have a lot of depth. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, Joel Anthony, I remember him. He was just a big, tall guy. Or Joel that they Anthony, there. that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Joel Anthony, not Jamal McGlure. And, uh, you know, Eddie House, I remember from the old Suns days, too, uh, the run-and-gun show days with, uh, with the Suns. Mike Miller, I believe, was injured um, early on because he was kind of that first iteration of, of the three-ball guy before they brought in Ray Allen. Um, and uh, Like, Ray Allen on that team would have been a huge up from anybody else they had oh for sure for sure yeah and this was this was the first year of of uh the heatles and uh you know so they they were obviously still figuring things out as far as the rest of the roster goes after you spend almost max money on three guys but you're right i mean they really didn't have uh, a whole lot of of depth at all and i think that's where the uh the mavs kind of were able to not you know they're they're able to beat the heat i guess uh, in uh, no pun intended, because they had Jason Terry who could come off the bench. He's like you said, Deshaun Stevenson was he great? No, but he could, he could come out and give you a couple shots. Um, Peja Stoyakovich, I forgot he was on this team, and it's funny because yesterday on NBA TV they actually had uh, the first round when the Mavs played Portland in, uh, this year in 2011, and he was on there on the court sinking a couple threes. You know, obviously you remember him from the Kings and, and the Hornets days doing that, but I wouldn't say the Mavs had a lot of talent off the bench, but they did have guys that could give you a few things. I mean, Jason Terry played 34, almost 34 minutes coming off the bench here. Uh, you know what I mean? So you could he get 17 some, first half points, right? You could, you could get some good production uh, from the bench for, uh, for the Mavs. Yeah, no, Berea, like Stevenson, like I mentioned, Deshaun Stevenson came off uh, early on and hit three big threes in that game in game six. And those were his um, only. Those were his only shots that he hit. Yeah, they were big ones. Yeah, right. It was, it, was a, it was a huge. It was a huge run. And that Brian Cardinal came in and drained a three. Um, uh, Stoyakovich didn't even play, but JJ Barea was cooking guys up uh, out there. Yeah, no, they were a good. They were a good team. How about the uh, little uh, scuffle? In yeah, the, I forgot about that. Total. So did I. The little scuffle there. That was uh, Lance Stevenson. That was him. Uh, just bumping in Udonis Haslam. He could have taken a different route to the bench. He he should get some of the blame. But then uh, Stevenson gave him a little a little arm, and uh, and then Mario Chalmers comes in from the clouds. Good old Rio and starts starts uh, starts uh, um, like shoving. And then we got all on like, okay, come on, stop pushing, going on here after a timeout, and that was. That was nuts. Yeah, see, I for, I had forgotten about it, but then as soon as I saw it, I remembered because I was bartending during this, and I remember the the restaurant just going absolutely nuts, I'm like oh, hey, oh, you know that whole thing. Um, but uh, you know, it was a nice little refresher, like you said, not super exciting uh, of a game or anything like that, but just one of those that you know go back and, and kind of rewatch and just remember, like oh yeah, I remember, like I totally forgot about Brian Cardinal, and so I went and looked him back up. Uh, you know, he played some some pretty significant minutes for for the for the Mavs. Great nickname, the custodian. Yep. 
the custodian. Yeah. You gotta love that. Yeah, no, I the thing about so the whole Deshaun Stevenson LeBron thing, like people don't realize that Deshaun Stevenson played on the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And LeBron and him have a history because LeBron, when they first made it in the playoffs with the Cavs, played the Wizards, I think, three years in a row in the first round and beat them every time. Yeah, that was in the age of zero days. And Deshaun Stevenson just couldn't stand it. He would start talking trash. LeBron would cook him. So he was ready for a moment to get one over on LeBron for LeBron just wiping him to the floor with the Wizards. Right. So he was ready for his moment. He saw this was it here. I will say, though, if the, if the Heat win game six, I don't think the Mavs win game, game seven. No, I agree. I felt like, and the Mavs knew it. They, they knew they had to win this one to win the title. They weren't winning game this, Like They had to win this one. And then, wasn't oh we have two chances to take it it was we are winning it we have to win the series um, yeah no yeah no going to uh because I, I forget so game seven would have been yeah game seven would have been in miami too so you know you you get two shots at uh at the title away from your home you know given given the uh Given the Heat two shots, I mean, they're they're probably going to take it. You know, I mean, like you said, I agree that this game was very much a must win for the Mavs, not because, um, well, I guess, yeah, for the reason of if we don't win this game, it's probably going to be tough going in a game seven, you know, on the road to beat a team with LeBron, with D. Wade, with Chris Bosh. These three guys, you know, regardless of, of who else they had on that uh, team. I mean, Mario Chalmers was still a, a pretty good contributor. I mean, he was a point guard, quoting, I mean, I guess I'm, uh, you know, list on paper is the point guard, but I mean, he still gave them some pretty good uh, shots, you know, hit some big shots for them. Uh, you know, the following year in 2012, he, he was great for them. Uh, but I, I agree that, that, that uh, the Mavs definitely, you could feel that it was like, Hey, this, we got, we got to put it away with this one. Well, the Mavs only packed one suit, so they needed to win a game six. They're going to go <laughs> shopping. They were going to want to buy more clothes. Yeah. So it was, pretty much is self-inflicted we have to win this game we don't have any other clothes to wear so they kind of put themselves in their own they they set themselves for their own fate i guess you could say i mean i think yeah i think that um, was yeah, no, exactly the idea it was great it was i'll tell you what they are running game seven in 2016 into the ground oh really it was on abc again yesterday and when I'm tapping out on that, you know it's overplayed. <laughs> I saw it was on. I'm like, I'm out. I'm not watching this. I, I'm good. I've seen it enough lately. I mean, they are running that thing into the ground. Um, Did you watch the horse right, competition what, at all yesterday? I was going to bring that up. Uh, oh. So when I was over at my dad or my parents' house, I was talking to my dad. I'm like, hey, you going to watch this horse thing later. And I was like, because I saw Chauncey Billups was in it, right? He was yep. in it. Mm-hmm. And he was going to do it from his house in Denver. And, like, someone said, oh, it's, it's like, snowing in Denver. So Chauncey's going to have to be, like, outside when it's snowing. So I was like, hey, that could be some pretty good TV. Uh, it started at, what, 6 o'clock? Yeah. I totally forgot it was on. I came back to my apartment. I was doing, I don't know. I can't remember what I was doing. Uh, watching Money Heist or something on Netflix. And I looked at my phone. I was like, 
Oh, it's seven o'clock. I guess the horse thing's done or whatever. I totally missed it. I saw the clip on Twitter where Zach Levine just made Paul Pierce look like an idiot. Um, but it didn't get great reviews. It was terrible. I uh, I watched it for maybe, I think, seven minutes. Might be an over-exaggeration. But it was, because I watched it while it was, it was you know, during the Zach Levine, Paul Pierce portion of the show. Um, and it stunk. Like, it was so weird. Because, like, I mean, it was, they were doing it, you know, like, via Skype or Zoom or whatever it was. So there was, like, some lag time in between and so it was just very choppy not very good the camera angles were weird and i don't know how they were managing it um but it was yeah it was not it would have been better for espn not to do this yeah again they're just trying to get the content out there and and the, and for that i don't hate it but the uh the finished product or what the you know what came about from it just like i said probably would have been better just not to do it at all is horse ever a good thing on TV, though? Yeah, no. I mean, give yeah. me, give me like Damian Lillard versus like Russell Westbrook. Give me, you know, give me some, give me some names. Yeah, you got Zach Levine. Sure, you got Trey Young. But I mean, Paul Pierce, Chauncey Billups. I heard can still shoot it quite a bit. Um, but give me, give me some names. You know, what I mean, give me, give me, the, give me the big guys that I, you know, I want to see chucking it from full court or something like that. I don't know. Why don't they just do a? from their house that would have been great like that's yeah. something they'll watch better than horse yeah give me just give me two hours of zach levine and uh and aaron gordon dunking and throwing throwing uh derrick jones jr in there too i'll yeah. watch that yeah all right so we've gone along here today um what game do you want to watch next week um I honestly didn't have any in my mind. I thought maybe you might come up since I came up with this Mavs one. Yeah, no, uh, I've got a couple. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I mentioned before we could do the Mississippi State-Auburn, the Dak game, mm-hmm. number two versus number three. Because they use Dak ways I think the Cowboys should use them. Or uh, we'll take a look. We could go uh, retro NFL again. Everyone always – Talks about the great Steelers, Cowboys, Super Bowls in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So we, we could watch one of those. I would say. Or any other. I, uh, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary starts next uh, Sunday night. So we could do one of the Bulls games from the finals then. But the thing is, they're not going to do the finals. So the break, I read the breakdown of the, the uh, series. And they're doing it, it's 10 series, and they're doing it by month. So it's like, it's uh, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. May has two two episodes because of the playoffs, and then June. So I was thinking when we get towards the end, we can look at like a Jordan full NBA Finals game. Um, okay, I don't hate that. So. I would say let's go... Uh... Well, I mean, do you, do you know exactly which Cowboys Steelers game you want to go to right now? Uh, either or, either of the uh, either of the uh, Super Bowls, because they're both. Uh, when I looked it up, they were both. Um, uh, they were both good games. They were 
one one of them was the second one was thirty five thirty one. Uh, I cannot remember what year. Uh, uh, what year that was? Hold on, let's get. Uh, uh, um, so they played. The 1976 game was 21 to 17, and then the one in 1979 was 35 31. Then they played again in '96. The Cowboys won 27 17. I was saying maybe uh, Super Bowl. This is going to be 13 uh, uh, 35 31. Yeah, I like that one. We'll we'll go with that one. All right, so that's it. Super Bowl 13. Steelers 35, Cowboys 31. Uh, We'll talk about that one uh, next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you. uh, We'll talk to you then.